0: We would like to acknowledge the Yuggera people and the Turb people as the traditional custodians of Mianjin, the land on which we record this podcast today.
1: We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. 24 year old me I loved playing sims so I was like fuck yeah let's build a house (laughs) and all my friends were building houses at the same time um so I just kind of fell into the what everyone else was doing and it was fun because we had dinner parties together and we're all talking about the stages of our houses and you know it was exciting and so that's why I kind of fell into the path of building a house with him and then he fucking cheated on me Mm. Dun, dun, dun. All about Jess, Jess, <laughs> Jess. Well, I'm definitely not as good as Zana when it comes to these fucking song introductions. It's the best uh, I could do.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah, it was all right. What, what podcast are we on? Um, we're, we're talking about me today. <laughs> yeah, so this is Keep It oh. You Not Podcast. Justin failed to mention that. I'm oh, Zana. Sorry. I'm Jessica. Well, they should know. They clicked on the button, right? <laughs> they did. They did. But I think Jess got a little bit sidetracked with her song and couldn't forgot about everything else. I just wish I did better. That was so
1: shit. I think it was good. I liked my harmonizing with it. Yeah, could have gone longer. Yours cheers, is always so cheers. good. If you've listened <laughs> to our dating series, now that. Is hilarious. Yeah, Zana did amazing introductions with the with that series mm, every time, impromptu every time. This is my first one and I
0: sucked <laughs> ass. That's right, it's only up from here. Oh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, basically, we're here to talk about Jess today, all about Jess's life. You know, if you haven't listened to last week, last week was all about my life, um, yes. from you know birth up until now, and we're from gonna birth. <laughs> we're gonna cover Jess's life from birth up until now, all these lovely thirty-two years of her life. Hey, fuck off! I'm Thirty-one in <laughs> three months.
1: I'm not thirty-two yet. Very soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know my age now. I'm 31. Um, but before we obviously get into the episode, we need to spill the tea for this week. Do you want to go first with the Oh, of wow. tea? We didn't even talk about this before we started the episode, but I know which one I want to say. Mm-hmm. It's the one on the plane that was really funny. Yes. <laughs> There's a so, lot of things happened on the plane. So many things happened on the plane. Um it's so wild. So we were actually going to Sydney for a work party. So I got all dressed up, as I do, in this, like, beautiful little outfit with, like, clear heels on at the airport. I felt fucking fancy. <laughs> <laughs> but our flights were cancelled and redirected and we were supposed to go to Sydney, but then we had to go to Melbourne first and then Melbourne to Sydney and it was mm. just such a oh, messed up day. Yeah. But anyway, I still felt fancy. Um, but we had to race from the, um, what was it, the Melbourne plane all the way to the next plane to get ready to go to sydney and we like got on the plane i'm like breathless as anything we just bought like like a hundred snacks each because i was so hungry and i like we didn't eat and then so the people had to get up because i'm like the last one on the plane and they had to get up and i'm like throwing my snacks on my seat like hysterically i'm like i'm sorry i need the snacks and then i had to put my my bags up and i like sit down and then they're just watching me like what the fuck and then they straight away were like oh like you look really nice i'm like oh thank you and they're like are you a johnny ruffo
0: (laughs) And I'm like, what? You're like, what are you And they're like, about?
1: you're with Johnny Ruffo? And I was like, the singer? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, you think I'm with the singer with Johnny Ruffo? They're like, yeah. And I was like, I'm so confused. What? <laughs> and they're like, well, why are you all dressed up? And I was like, because I'm going to a party today in Sydney. And they were like, so you're dressed up because you're going to a party from Melbourne to Sydney? And I was like. No, I'm actually from Brisbane. But I was like, but anyway, why does he go with Johnny Ruffo? And they were just like, because and I was like, is Johnny Ruffo on the plane? They're like, Yeah, he's right there, right in front of me. So I'm literally saying all this out loud. Mm. And then I'm like, Oh, is it? And I was like, Oh, it is too. And I was like, No, I'm not with Johnny Ruffo. And then she just wouldn't believe me. Yeah. This chick literally was staring at me. She's like, Did you just tell us? I was like, I'm not with Johnny Ruffo. And I went like, to message her like- about it, but they were literally looking at me. And I knew that if I was messaging, they would have thought I was messaging Johnny yeah. Ruffo. So But like he one, he has a girlfriend. and two, just because you're wearing a nice dress doesn't mean you're with like the person on the plane that everyone knows so weird so weird such an like an interesting conversation and then she's like showing me these photos of these other like celebrities she's met and she it was that guy from the bachelor the like matt agney he had a scientist one yeah I think and was so him. she sends she shows me a photo and i was like oh is that the guy from the bachelor i forgot his name and she's like yeah matt and i was like oh yeah like he's a good looking guy and she's like do you know him and i was like <laughs> no i don't know him i'm saying he's hot yeah but like i, I don't know him she's yeah. like yeah You would tell us, right? And I was like... Who do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, like, what is going on right now? So, if you dress bougie on a plane, everyone thinks you're with, it's like, very strange.
0: someone famous. On and the plane. then when the plane stopped and everyone was waiting to get off, she was like, oh, so, like talking to me across
1: the rows, being like, oh, so where's the party at? Where are you guys staying? And I'm like, yeah, the ho- tell the whole plane. Why doesn't my whole plane come? <laughs> but then it looked like I was lying because I, didn't yeah. know, I actually didn't know where the party yeah. was and I didn't even know where I was staying. So, she was like, yeah. so where's the party? I was like, I actually have no idea. And I was like, oh, it's at the Glenmore. And then I was like, well, ma- now the whole plane knows. It so may as well everyone come. <laughs> oh, it was just funny because they just weren't believing me. And I guess if you're saying you're going to a party in Sydney, but then you're like, oh, I don't know where it is. Like that would that looks. I up. mean, anyone can go to a party in Sydney. That doesn't mean you're going out with Johnny Ruffo. <laughs> it's just I just can't. Like <sighs> Zana looks after me when we travel, so uh, I just count on her to like tell me where the <laughs> fuck we're going. But turns out Johnny Ruffo is also in the equation. Wow,
0: that's my thing. I mean, we got to see Johnny Ruffo. We didn't really. Inter- yeah. I didn't want to be annoying and introduce myself. I just nah. looked behind and like pretended I was looking at Jess and gave him <laughs> gave him a quick look. I was like, like oh yeah, that's definitely him. Yeah, hundred percent was him. Yeah, yeah. So that's my skills too. I mean, I didn't have a spill of tea until the moment I, like, just before this podcast. Yeah, I didn't realize what I was going to say. So that's the story. <laughs> well, I actually didn't have one. And then I just walked out to move my car because I'm selling my rooftop tent. I actually have sold my rooftop tent, which is very Woo! sad. End of an era. Um, But also very exciting. And also because I never use it and I am very poor. So I need the money. <laughs> um, and I went out to move my car and there was egg all over my car and eggshells. Yes. And someone had egged my car. That's so random. Who does that? And it was like, obviously, it's obviously a hot day. So I've got, like... Fried fried yolk and fried egg whites all over my car and now I have to go clean that off and I don't were know you, how it's wait,
1: been there. were you under a tree? No. Okay, I was gonna say maybe like eggs fell out of the basket and went onto your car. From a tree? Eggs don't grow on trees.
0: Wait, sorry. <laughs> like an egg basket, like if don't the birds go into the tree and lay their eggs? On- oh, you mean like an actual bird yeah, egg? Yeah, bird No, egg. it was like a chicken egg. Okay. I could see the shells on the ground. I wasn't sure, like what. Was no, I was definitely the egg. no, it was definitely pegged at a high speed. Oh, like it okay. was, it splattered oh. on the car. I just thought I was a genius. This day. and I was like, oh. And I was on the side of the car, so unless like the thing fell from, and then like suddenly like the wind picked up and the eggs went. Then it would have to be a very specific circumstance. Right. Well, that's yeah, that's,
1: that's really messed
0: up. I mean, who does that? And oh. the car in front was clean, but also like I don't even know when it happened because we've been away since when Sunday, so it could have happened Sunday, Monday, or today. So random. Like, who does that? Like, why? hates cars these days? Like, Definitely should I do kids. something? Maybe. Like, I did not think anyone hates me that I know of.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm on troll. Random. Yeah. Mine's way better. That's that's horrible, that one.
0: Yeah. Now I've got to go clean my car. I mean, I haven't cleaned it in a significant amount of time, so it needs to clean. What's a little but egg yolk? I don't yolk. want to go do it. What's a little egg yolk? <laughs> between friends. <laughs> oh anyway let's get into this episode today all about jazz i'm slightly nervous i don't even know why i mean i was nervous last week to be fair as well it's like Ugh. even though we share everything on this podcast with you guys every single week like doing an actual episode all about us is scary because yeah. it's like you're gonna go in much deeper detail and like last week was an hour and a half of significant detail about my life it's very yeah, scary
1: i know yeah i'm I get like, it. to myself
0: Just a quick disclaimer, there are some trigger warnings coming up in this episode and we talk about suicide and some other tough topics. So if it's something that is triggering for you or you just don't want to hear it, probably skip this one and head on to the next one. Uh, But we hope you enjoy. But well, let's take us, take us back to birth. Actually, let's take us back to before birth. Before birth, <laughs> you were a premature baby. I was, yeah. Um, so actually you came before birth was even supposed to happen. So you start there?
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> I was born at 32 weeks, so a normal gestation period is 40 weeks. Mm. Um, and apparently I did try to come out a few times before that. So I was already wow. yeah I was already like really trying to bust out there. <laughs> the ADHD was already kicking. I was like, "Fucking I'm ready. Come on, let me have a party." Um yes, yeah, so I came at 32 weeks um and I know like from what I've been told that I had to stay in the hospital for a month um in a little incubator. Um I looked so hideous. Like so hideous. <laughs> like there's photos of like me in I think my mother's hand and I'm like see-through but then i'm also like oh. that bright red color like yeah. really gross looking and i only just fit in her hands. so i was only oh. three pounds and I, I don't remember i think we we converted it one time like one and a half kilos yeah roughly. So one and a half kilo baby um and the funniest bit is because i didn't have any fat so that last trimester is when you're getting like mm. fat on the baby and so i had no fat on me so i had like no butt cheeks Aww. I just had a slit with my butt. Like, it was just a slit. Oh, your poor little butt. <laughs> I know. And then I remember my mom always making comments and saying, like, oh, your booty definitely came out. Like, <laughs> oh my God. i got like a big, like, size 12 booty now. So. You've got a bootylicious booty. I do. But, like, <laughs> it's funny because at birth, I just had a slit. So well, no cheeks there. Turns out if you're born with no butt, you can still make one. <laughs> <laughs> True that. So it was just funny because I think when babies are born, like their little butts are just so cute. Yeah, they're so dimply and cute. Yeah, but I had none of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So and then I wore had to wear um, doll clothes for like months and months and My months because I was so premmy. So Wow. Yeah. And there was actually a funny story. So when I was in the little room with the incubator, someone went to visit me and like you have to put your hands through like these gloves. Now remember, this is like all stories I've been told. I don't even know how a, like a NICU <laughs> I remember when I was at 32 <laughs> weeks. I remember this vividly. <laughs> um, and they had put their hands through the gloves to touch me because obviously they couldn't touch me with their actual hands, but I was like freezing cold and they were mm. like, what the hell? And my fucking like incubator thing had been like, um, do- no. like it was like out of the wall. What the hell? Yeah, so they like moved it, but it like conked out of the wall a little bit. So I wasn't even turned on
0: the hell you were like the world was trying to kill you from yeah. the first moment you were born you were like motherfuckers aren't going nowhere yeah. and then <laughs> they had to like take
1: me out and like f- like warm me up because oh i was so, that's cold. so bad and then as soon as i was discharged from the hospital i had to fucking go back because i had a bilateral hernia repair my god yeah and i've only ever had one doctor look at my hoo-ha region because obviously it's underneath your underline when you've got mm. hernia repair. So I've got two scars that obviously I'm old now. So like they've stretched and like <laughs> there's these two like lines and I've got them there and mm. one doctor has been like, oh, you've had surgery here before. And I was like, oh yeah, when I was literally like a month old yeah, I had hernia. Something surgery. you would think of. Yeah. Really. Wow. But like those tiny little incisions have stretched over time. That's crazy. Yeah. So I tried to get killed like so many times. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's intense, but I made it through.
0: You did. The whole world was against you, yeah, and you're still here. I know, thriving, thriving, thirty flirty and thriving. <laughs> <laughs> so, take us after that point. Obviously, we know that you were preemie. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, no one on this podcast knows yet, but your mum obviously had you quite young. Yes, tell um, us, and it was you the first child. So, tell us kind of about the first years of your upbringing. And now, you, you obviously have two siblings, but tell us about a little bit more about your childhood and where you grew up, how that all transpired.
1: So, my mum had me. She got pregnant at seventeen. Um, And she didn't have a very nice upbringing, so she actually lived on the streets. Mm. Um, So, yeah, she was 17 when she got pregnant and then had me just after she turned 18. Um, I didn't have a father on my birth certificate because he was in prison at the time because he was also a street kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So he wasn't available or there when I was born, when I was premature or anything like that. Um, Yeah. That was yeah, of that upbringing. Do you want to tell us anything about your middle name? Do you feel like it just, oh, you can just use
0: the off. one name? Just the one. Just the one story about the one name because oh. it's hilarious. I've got another story about
1: my actual name. Oh, God, okay. Uh, Do I know this one? Probably because okay. I tell you this stuff all the time. <laughs> um, I was supposed to be called Talia, I think it is. Oh, no. And my grandma... Had a vision to call me something. It's something to do with the stars. I don't know what do you call that constellation. Constellation, yeah. Something to do with the stars, right? Mm. And there's this particular star up there, and it sounds just like manure. (laughs) (laughs) And so she had said, "I really want her to be called like basically manure." No. (laughs) And of course, my mother was like, "No." Imagine if we were like, "Welcome to Keep It On Podcast. I'm Zana and and I'm I'm (laughs) Manure." I know, so dead, so bad. But then, so I was supposed oh. to be called Talia and then um, Jesse for a boy. But turns out, I just looked like a boy, so I just got called Jesse. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I did look like a boy when I was. I a mean, kid, I think you got the best name out of those those three situations. Yeah. But the story that Zana's is referring to is I didn't get to get my passport until I was twenty one, and all my friends my twenty first pitched in for me to get a passport. And then I went to do the process of it, and obviously, I said to my mom, I "Was like, I need your passport because I don't have a father? So like, I need your passport." to like to get this process done and I get her passport and the funniest thing is her name's actually not even what she thought her name was (laughs) so So it turns out that she didn't really legally even know her own name so then her passport sorry her birth certificate didn't match my birth certificate Mm -hmm. then so if you only have one parent on there and they have a different name how can I prove so I had to legally change her name back to what we thought it was going to be <laughs> yep. and then so it would match my birth certificate and then that wasn't even like the worst part of it. Then I looked at my middle name and one of my middle names is supposed to be Beryl which is like apparently like a grandma or something and my mother <laughs> had spelt it Burley <laughs> which apparently means fish guts. Oh, my God. So when you're fishing, you throw Burley into the ocean oh no! and then all the fishies Oh, tongue. no. Imagine if your name was Manure Burley. Yeah, fucking
0: hell. You'd be like literally like cow shit.
1: Fish guts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking oh my atrocious. God, her name. Atrocious. I'm so glad I'm just Jessica. Like, wow. Fuck. So then I had to sit there and I was like, Oh my God, everything I've done is I always thought it was Beryl and turns out it's Burly. So instead of paying another 200 and something bucks, cause I already had to pay for my mom to change her name yeah. back to what we thought it was. I was oh just God. like, I'm just going to be Burly from now on. So I just change everything to Burley. Yeah. And that's just one just of my it. terrible middle names. Yeah. Oh, well, just roll with <sighs> them. But everyone at my 21st in their speech was like, oh, Burley. <laughs> hey, it's a funny story. Was it's like, this hilarious, is so really. bad. It's yeah. hilarious
0: looking back that your name's not Manure Burley. <laughs> oh, thanks fucking Lord. I know. I was like, oh, why? Man. Why? why?" So, yeah, that's that's those stories. <laughs> yeah, that's those stories. So when you were young, you moved around a lot, moved to house a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously your mum was young and you were the first child. Yeah. How... Where did you grow up? Where were the places that you were... Like, I know you moved quite into some quite Indigenous rural communities. Yeah. Tell us about that. So, I was born
1: in Townsville, because that's what my birth certificate tells me. <laughs> and then um, for quite a few years until I started school, um, my mum had gotten a car and had driven from Townsville to Perth, Western Australia. So, we, like, lived in campsites and all that stuff. So, I've got lots of memories being, like, young, like, toddler style. Like, I've got really young memories. And, like making friends with people at the campsites and like just like hanging out people i remember the male toilets like they had locked the door like it was a kind of this thing where you just don't lock the door Mm. if you like lived at the caravan park and then only like the guests would but like a guest would always lock it by accident and we are like bloody hell so they couldn't get in there so there was this little tiny gap at the top of the caravan park and i was the smallest little person that lived there (laughs) so they were all like going up to my tent they're like yo can we borrow Jess to like shove oh her through God. that bit so she could go open the door? And so like all of them did that. And then I got bought so much candy for doing that. <laughs> and I'd never had candy before. And I remember I was like, Aww. oh my God, chocolate and candy. So yeah, I've got lots of memories from being at like caravan parks and stuff. And then, um, went to Perth and then I started like pre-primary and kindy and all that while I was in Perth for a few years. Um, and then, oh God, where'd they go at that? Oh, then I went back to Townsville and then I did like my um year six, seven. I ended up relocating back to Queensland for a few years and my mum met a partner and then we relocated to the Northern Territory and then so that was when it was classes as high school because you know when all the different states, year mm. seven was classed as high school but then... WA wasn't high school yet. right? So when I went to Queensland, it still wasn't high school. So year seven was still primary school. Mm. And then I went to the NT and I was in high school and right. I was like, whoa. But I lived in this tiny little rural community called Jabiru in Kakadu National Park. And this was when I was in year seven and – I don't even know what the population is. I think it's less than a thousand. So it's tiny, and the school was called Jabiru Area School, and I started there. And in my class, it was a mixture of Year Seven, Eight, and I think there was like maybe twelve people in my class, and like everyone was Indigenous, like, and there was only maybe like three Caucasians like in the class. And like, yeah, it was quite a unique experience. Like, no one wore shoes to school. Yeah, I remember saying to my mom, like, Mom, I don't want to wear uniform, like, and I don't want to wear shoes to school. Like, I look like I'm like super. Like my friends don't have shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through this period where I, like dyed my hair red, and I just like didn't wear shoes, and <laughs> just like made wow. friends, and just like yeah, it was interesting. And it was because your mum met a partner that you moved there, like did yeah. he live there or something? Yeah, he worked in like mines, uh, like okay. construction. Yeah, yeah. So like he was in Townsville, and then he had to relocate, so we followed, wow, um, and moved. And then my mum actually got pregnant in that town with my mm. little sister. So I was. Um, Oh, my brother was here too. So yeah. we've got a 10 and 13 year gap between me and my brother and sister. So it's quite a huge gap. Mm. Um, but yeah, because she got pregnant in the NT in this tiny little rural community, we decided to relocate. Right. And then he got a job in Perth. So we ended up back in Perth, which is funny enough. So we mm. went from Townsville to Perth to Townsville to NT back to Perth. Perth. <laughs> Wow. So it's a lot of moving around. So I'm very it used is. to like moving around. Yeah. And then you stayed in Perth for for a while after then. You finished yeah. school in Perth. Yeah. So I went to, I got back to the school and it's funny because I went to Pabri Primary. That's what it's called. That's mm. a suburb. And then I'd left in like year four or something. And then I went to Pabri High School. Oh, And so people recognized me from primary school. Wow. And I was like, whoa, it's crazy. So I made like some little friends like straight away because like mm. it was nice because they actually remembered me from like oh, that's school. so cute. Yeah, and I stayed and I did, um, yeah, all my high school through three, 8 to nice. 12. Well, we'll get to your, like, high school journey and
0: your, you know, nursing journey after this. But we're going to go back a little bit to when you were younger. You started being an entrepreneur very young. <laughs> And I don't even know where this entrepreneurship came from. Like it obviously is just innately in your being because you started from a very young age trying to do things to make money. So can yeah. you tell us about that?
1: And I didn't realize this until like, yeah. talking
0: to you that I actually had this like insight. you. Yeah, you me. were like a hustler from, yeah. from birth. I've always hustled. You I've... hustled from birth to get
1: a butt? Yeah, <laughs> You know, it started there and it's only gone up. Just always fucking hustling. Yeah. I just can't get a break. <laughs> no, but I just, I didn't realise I'd done this from such a young age. Like I've always done multiple things and I think it's like deep down ADHD or something. Mm. But when I was younger, I like tell stories, Zana. I remember we were like selling furniture. I think it was when we were relocating from Perth back to Townsville. So we were selling furniture and people would like come over and because people were coming over and looking at stuff, I was like, all right, I'm going to, like, make a little side biz here. So <laughs> with my money, I think maybe I had five bucks at the time. I went and bought, like, paper cups, coffee, tea, and sugar, and milk. And then when they came in, I would charge those little suckers, like, a dollar, a dollar per coffee and a dollar, like, for a tea. You are so charging when- them 7-Eleven prices. Oh, legit. <laughs> and, like, back then, like, I'm fucking That's old a lot now, of money. a lot. And so I would be like, Hello. <laughs> would you like to buy a cup of tea to support my business? And then they would because I would be so cute because I had oh like God. blonde hair, bangs, freckles. Like, I was cute as. Aww. So I used that cuteness to my advantage and um, yeah, made some side profit there yeah was there any other businesses you started um so many. so many um we had an apartment block and i decided to learn some like magic tricks so then i would have made this business like i don't even remember what it called it it was like some kind of magician business and <laughs> magician i knocked yes <laughs> and i knocked on everyone's doors and i was like would you like to hire me anytime for an event and so they they all just thought it was oh so cute God. right so they were like i don't know i charge like five bucks or something so then i would like go and they'll would, they would pay and they would just be sitting there like having a drink watching me and i would be like doing little tricks for them so crazy. I know. What so, else did so I do? Crazy. I've always, oh, and then I used to work at like the market. So like when you go to the fruit and veggie stores and like, you know, those random markets that sell candles and whatnot, we had some friends who did like window stickers. Um, mm. And then so like I used to go to their store and they used to pay me and I used to like sell little window stickers. Like I've, because you could only legally work at 13, nine months. Yeah. So I probably already had like five jobs before I even started working legally. At yeah, nine months. You can cash and hand jobs
0: from your own businesses. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Oh, when we were in Sydney, I mean me and Judy were actually in Sydney um, visiting some friends. We were in um, Coogee, I think it was, and there was this mm-hmm. little there was this little stall like between like there's a long walk between Bondi to Coogee, and it's boiling hot. Everyone's parched. Everyone needs sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And there's this little boy there, and he's I reckon he's probably like ten or twelve. You reckon? And he had his own esky set up. He had a big umbrella set up, and apparently oh. he has been running this business. He said like for multiple years. I don't know how it's physically possible because he seems so young. But he was selling like refreshments. He sold he sold water, tea, not like tea, like iced tea, like Coke, all that stuff. He sold sunscreen. Oh, he sold legends. little like other like so many random things and he was the most chatty friendly guy and now that I'm thinking of him I can imagine that you were very similar oh yeah and he was like so sun safe he had his little hat on he had his umbrella on he was so cute and he's like come here anytime I've been here for so many years And he's like oh the council tried to push me away once and I like I I fought back and someone I I got everyone to write a petition and sign a petition so that I could stay here he was such a legend that's adorable. It sounds that, like that's
1: you. That's legit me. Yeah, <laughs> but if I didn't move around so much, I would have had like a store that was there like permanently. Yeah. But you know, I had to. I had oh, to move around. You'd still and still be my business. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm sure there's more businesses I. I did deep. like as yeah. we talk and like just chat about shit. I just throw yeah. some things in you at you, and you just like, "What? I, I didn't know. know that." Yeah. Every time.
0: And you have some weird talents too, like do I? yeah. Through your life, it just seems like these things just happen to you, and you somehow like it just falls into your lap. These like things, oh, random yeah. things, like yeah. you're randomly good at gymnastics, which I only just found out oh, about yeah. literally the other day. Which kind of explains to me now why you're so good at yoga and all that stuff. But uh, you got approached by some gym bus. Tell us about the gym bus. I've never even
1: heard of this thing. Surely before. just learned this the other day. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, but like so, yeah. Background was like I love yoga, and so I do like. Did like a yoga teacher course online mm. during COVID because I just struggled like going to classes. So I do that, and I can do like headstand, and I've got like really good core for some reason. Mm. And I don't exercise, which is weird that I've you got don't such do good core.
0: core. Like you know, don't specifically go to the gym and
1: ever do no. core exercises. No, I no, just have a strong core. Yeah, and I'm really good at like the headstands and stuff, and like doing crow poses and stuff, which mm. is really hard. But um, when I was in primary school, the Padbury primary, I remember, mm. Um, we have a big bus in WA called the Gym Bus and it, like, comes to your school and they, like, set up and you can do it in the bus or they set up in your, like, assembly area. And, like, so they had watched, like, all our students and they had actually written a letter to my mother and said, like, um that they potentially want to offer me a scholarship for gymnastics. So I had to go, it was really far away because we didn't have a car at the time. So we had to get public transport to go to these tryouts and we like went to these tryouts. And I remember I really loved it, but it was just like in in my life at that time, like, you know, having a single parent and like not having a lot of money and not having a car and things like that. It just wasn't feasible for me to continue and actually go down that path of a gymnastics scholarship. But I was like looking back and I was like, oh my God, like imagine if I actually did that gymnastics scholarship.
0: Yeah, I mean, for one person, you've had a lot of scholarships and you've had a lot of things happen. Did you hear that? That was like my <laughs> I throat. I just did a throat burp. My throat made a noise and I didn't even do it. <laughs> it's, it's
1: a little frog noise that goes like, ribbit.
0: Sorry about that, everyone. You've had like all these things happen to you and like these like multiple scholarships. Like yeah. we'll talk about your midwifery scholarship later on. Um, but you've had all these things happen to you, even like, you know, not getting your new grad position, which we'll go on to soon, how you rallied for that. Oh, like yeah. your life's just been... Like, full of these things. We always say all the time, you know those types of people in the world that, like, you say, oh, it only happens to that person. Yes. Jess is that person. <laughs> anything, in, anytime anything happens in the world, like, it could be the most random thing that you've never even heard happening to any possible person and you're like, it happened to Jess. Oh, I mean, you don't even,
1: you don't even bet an eyelid. You're just like,
0: of course yeah. it did. Of course it happened to Jess. And
1: every time it does happen and I want to tell you about it, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, if I'm like, you're not going to believe it. She's like, I am going to believe it, whatever the story because is. Because you could literally
0: tell me, like, that you stuck your, your toe in your butthole and it came at your eyeball and i believe you because yeah. it only happens to
1: jess yeah but i haven't i
0: haven't done that <laughs> by the way i haven't but yes we'll obviously go back into you know that whole time as well um that you potentially could have been a gymnast yeah a, f- a famous olympic gymnast
1: yeah it just wasn't that supposed to be my path you're obviously
0: supposed to be on this path you are now so yeah. then you know went into high school um tell us about your high school journey you had some high school
1: flames how did that what oh. happened there High school, I was pretty like a pretty boring up to about year 10, to be honest, like nothing really significant happened. Mm. Um, but when I was in year 10, um, my best friend, Kimberly, um, she was super popular. Yeah. <laughs> she was a singer as well Um, in school and like she was just super popular and she was so friendly and everyone just adored her. And I was like way too scared to talk to her because I was like, <laughs> oh my God, she's like way too cool. Um, But back in the MSN days, we used to talk on MSN and we used to be like, oh my God, like okay tomorrow in history like we have to say hi oh and they're more like giggling and then I was like oh my god like I really would love one of your cds like and can you sign it for that's me that's so cute she had like cds with her own songs on it anyway um one day like yeah in chemistry she like gives me a cd and then we start giggling because we just like couldn't like deal with it it was just so funny <laughs> and then finally at the end of the year of year 10 um she was like hey do you want to come to my house for some drinks I'm just having some friends over so I like went over and like Instantly, we became best friends, and mm-hmm. like I met her mum that night, and we we're like just like inseparable. And this is at the end of school, right? So all through holidays, we were besties. There's no social media back then. Rocked up to year eleven, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Who the fuck's that Jess chick?" Like, yeah. and, and like me and Kim are like inseparable what we just went for holidays and you guys are besties yeah so it was a very strange and it was like different groups and Mm. she would obviously come to my group to see me for recess which caused disruption in her group and then I had to leave my group to go see her for lunch like like Romeo and Juliet yeah just (laughs) like you know just we're best friends now Just get over it (laughs) um and then during that period as well I got like um a high school boyfriend I had a boyfriend for about nine months actually um in year nine actually and he was year 12 Mm. and I even went to his ball so I was year nine and I went to a fucking year 12 ball. Strange. I didn't have boobs yet like I looked back at I I looked back at a prom (laughs) photo of my ball photo with him and I don't even have titties. Oh, wow. That's how,
0: that's how young I was. That's crazy. And no one said anything about a year nine or like an, yeah, a year nine person being there? No.
1: Well, not that I remember. Mm. Like I don't remember getting a negativity. It's been so scandalous. Yeah. I know. Wow. Like think back now, if you were at a year 12 ball and some guy brought a year nine, yeah. you'd be like, you, what the? Yeah. Well, something happened at your ball as well. Your year 12 ball. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I had a very pretty dress and um, my boyfriend at the time couldn't um, attend because mm. he was a fighter and he used to like go to different states and stuff and fight. So I knew that there was a really important reason he couldn't be there. So my, one of my friends came and I got all dressed up and it was like so beautiful of a night um, and I actually got prom queen. Yeah, isn't
0: that? That's so crazy. <laughs> it only happens to Jess.
1: But they call it Bell of the Ball. Bell of the Ball. That's and so I got cute. like a little sash and some flowers, I think, and then I had to dance with the, I don't even know what the guy was called. What do you call the, the – bell of the ball, what's the guy? The prom king, I guess, but the oh, – Yeah, I don't know. The duke of the ball? I don't know what it would be know. called. I'll have to flick
0: him a message. Yeah. And be like, what were you called? <laughs> do you still know him? Yeah, he's on my Facebook. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. It's crazy. What a story. And then after high school, did you go straight into university and do nursing? What, what happened there?
1: Um, well, I went to a career counsellor um, at uni uh, – sorry, at school when you're talking about your direction. And my grades were never amazing, um, literally. Like I don't even – no, I don't remember even studying like I just it, I was very busy during that time like I was working four or five nights a week as a waitress I had a single parent so like I helped a lot with bills and they just like I wasn't really like I don't know like I wanted to have a future with when it came to studying but I just yeah it wasn't very good anyway I spoke to this career counselor and I said to her I really want to be a nurse and she literally was like um honey your grades are never going to get you into university. She's like, have you ever thought of like maybe beauty therapy or hairdressing? I think that's more up your alley. (laughs) And I was like, look, uh, no offense, but I think it's very different to nursing. It's not even similar at all. I was like, I want to be a nurse. And she was just like, no, didn't even help me with my application. Right. So I had to then by myself, do an application and I did an application to um, TAFE to do my diploma of nursing. And I applied myself and I got in and I told her, I was like, I got in. And she mm. was like, oh, and she was like super surprised. She's like, oh, okay. So I went from high school and I did the diploma of nursing and I did my first placement and I absolutely loved it. I was just like, this is what I want to do. I'm a people person. This is perfect. So behind the scenes I like wrote a letter to the university and it's called Portfolio Entry um, and I just said, look, you know, my life wasn't kind of, you know, going the best for me and I know my grades weren't amazing, but, like, this is the path I want to do and I swear to God, like, I'm going to be the best nurse ever. And, like, they accepted me. Mm. And then so I had to go back to the tape and be like, hey, I'm not going to finish crazy my nursing anymore. I'm going to go and do my um, actually registered nursing. And then I left and went straight to uni, which was really cool. That's so good. Yeah. What an amazing story, though. I'm glad I used the initiative to actually apply mid-year. Well, I feel like that there's,
0: a, like, a under underpinning theme of like your entire life is that yeah. you, you hustle real hard. I always hustle. And you always, you don't take no for an answer. You're like, I want to do that. I'm going to do it.
1: Actually, I do do yeah. that. Do you know, when I applied, so when I was doing my uni, I mm. wanted something to align while I was studying. Like I wanted yeah. to learn. So I know you could do like AIN and stuff like that. Yeah. But I wanted to like learn the drugs better. So I was like, I need to work in a pharmacy. Mm. So I actually went to a pharmacy and applied and then she never called me for the job mm. and I, So I called up and I said, Hey, like, I haven't heard back for the job. And she's like, yeah, sorry, you didn't get the job. And I said, why? And she was like, I just had a different candidate and it was better. And I was like, I swear you will not regret taking me. Mm. And like me and her, I've actually been to a wedding and everything. Like me and her friends and she can vouch for me. And she actually was, I was hustling on the phone and I was like, no, you need to take me. I'm going to be such a good worker. And I was like, I'm studying to be a nurse. So I've got that background knowledge and I'll be so good. Trust me. And she was like, Okay. And then I got a job. <laughs> wow. Literally. I just remembered that.
0: Just constant. Like constantly like you're like, nah, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to make my life path what yeah. I want to
1: make it and you're just going like, to do it. would always <laughs> joke. And I think the person she originally hired had quit and I said uh. to her, I was like, ah, aren't you glad you got me now? Huh? And you stayed there for years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm still wow. in contact with all of them. Actually, Amazing. those photos I showed you the day of me at that party, yeah. that was a Christmas party, that, yeah. uh, that pharmacy. Um, so yeah, I'm still in touch with all of them, but she would always joke and say like, God, like you really just really pushed your way through this mm. job. Eh?
0: I mean, I think it's your life. You yeah. started from 26 weeks, was it 26? 32 weeks? weeks, 32 weeks. Mm-hmm. And you were hustling from that moment, even like, yeah. even straight after that job, even after nursing, you finished your nursing degree
1: and didn't get a new grad position. Yeah. You hustled for that. Yeah. So I didn't get a grad program and I was doing, um, my final placement in a cardiac unit in, um, in Perth, and I remember them making comments, and they're like, you know, you're a really good student. Like, where's your grab program next year? And I said, I didn't get it. Mm. I didn't get a grab program. And turns out, the grab position I went for, I got interviewed for. They said to me, like, oh, so what award have we won? And I was like, uh. And I obviously hadn't researched the hospital very well, and I didn't mm. know, the, I didn't know the answer because when I didn't get the job, I called and I said, why didn't I get this job? And they said, you didn't know about our magnet award. And I was like, fuck. Anyway, if you don't get your first grab position, basically you don't get your third, second, mm. third, fourth, fifth. So I was like, shit. So then I told them that I said, I didn't get my first grab preference and now I don't have anything. So I don't know what to do. And they were just like, that's ridiculous. Like you are a good nurse and you can tell that. Um, and then I remember and I I still talk to her to this day, actually Trish. Um, she pulled me aside and she's like, you need to do something about this. How many students don't have positions? And I said, Oh, there's a loads of my friends didn't get a position. And she was like, you need to make a stir. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what do I do? And she's like, Roger Cook. And I was like, who the fuck's that? <laughs> and she's like, he's the shadow minister of health. You need to get his attention. And I was like, okay. So I pretty sure I like emailed him or something. And he called me on the way from my prac and he goes, Hey, this is Roger Cook. And I was going to email and I was like, Hey. And he goes, all right. So is this the situation with the students? And I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, this is Friday. Can you somehow make this big over the weekend and wow. we'll, we'll touch base next week? And I was like, okay. So I sat there and um, I had Facebook back then. And so I made a a page called Give Grad Nurses a Chance. And then I took a photo of myself with a little sign and it says Give Grad Nurses a Chance on the Mm. sign. And I did it as a selfie. And I put it up and then I had like – I was doing practice. So basically I had to do 12-hour shifts Saturday and Sunday, right? So I didn't really get time to be on the page. Mm. By the time I – Went back on the page. I had like 3,500 members and everyone was posting the same selfie that I did wow. holding a sign saying give grad nurses a chance. And then he called me that morning and he was like, how have I just walked into my office and been told about your name and give grad nurses a chance and there is something going on here? And I was like, you told me to cause a stir. <laughs> and he was like, what the like, fuck? like, yeah, I didn't think that was actually going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so then long story short, everyone obviously um, during my like uh, my prac were like super on board they're like mm. yes this is great this is great it got to the point where roger cook was calling the phone of ccu and going i need to speak to the student jessica tully and so everyone's like roger cook's on the phone and i was like and everyone's staring at me and i'm like Whoa. oh my and so God. i'm like answering the phone and he's like i'm downstairs i've got channel 10 channel 9 we're here oh my can God. you please come down on your break and i was like I'm like, oh, is it okay if I have my break now? They're like, yes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, And then I'm downstairs in my uniform and I've got cameras on me being like they want to interview me right there and then with Roger Cook. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And then it got to the wow. point where... Um we were organizing a rally at Parliament House and I organized that whole rally. I don't remember how many people rocked up, but it was all over the news. I even went to Triple J studio and actually no did a way. radio interview with Triple J and I was like I've got nothing to lose like to nothing to lose. Like I don't have a job. So and then I did an article in the West Australian newspaper and then every patient in the hospital cut out my little newspaper article and put it on their wall and then did photos and was like, support these grads for getting a job. So even patients were then supporting. It was in the elevator. I got into the elevator and that picture was spread out on the wall. Like it just went nuts. And it actually did open up hundreds of jobs because I did get feedback um, after that um, saying that they had like cut down a couple of hours. Instead of doing a 76-hour fortnight, Mm. they were cutting it down to 60. So it opened up space so that other nurses could get their foot in the door, and I was like, "That's amazing!" And I got a grad program myself. Wow, <laughs> that's just wild. It's actually wild. It only happens yeah. to Jess. I know. <laughs> and um, the ANF, which is the union in WA, had written an article saying perseverance pays off for WA grad, Aww. and it's me holding a little sign up, being like about the rally. Oh my god, you were famous from the get-go.
0: <laughs> now so are you? Now look you were like interviewing people. Actually, they were interviewing you on a radio station, and yeah. you interview people. Like as a outside hustle, yeah, isn't that so like random. a whole full circle? That was during my black hair days. Yeah. Black hair. God, wow. That's actually amazing. I had goosebumps when you were telling me that story. I've heard <laughs> it so many times, but uh, I was still, it still just gets me every time. I think it's so incredible. I forget it even happens, eh? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's I was like, powerful. I didn't get a job, so I fucking hustled and got yeah. a job myself. I know. And you've been, you still hustle every day. Every damn day. Every damn day. Always. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, your nursing career and like, uh, yeah, How that's kind of led you to, I guess, now, what did you do with nursing? I know most people on this podcast know, but we can just quickly go over it. Yeah.
1: So um, I finished my... Yeah, finished my studies and then didn't get the grad program, so I fought for a um, position. So I ended up working – I didn't get a position till mid-year, so I worked at an X-ray department for six months, got some good skills. And then I went and did my grad program and also did a part of theatre as well. And then I decided to have a holiday with my bestie. We went to Europe for three months and I came back to the same hospital I was doing um, just on the wards. Um, but I did want to change. I had a bit of a situation happen in my workplace, and I do want to do an episode about that. Mm. Um, it's actually about sexual harassment, and it was pretty – um, pretty shitty of a situation that happened, but I was, you know, a young blonde nurse. Um, and and, you know, I'm bubbly and sometimes my bubbliness actually gets me into some situations and I've, it's happened to me quite a few times, but this was actually uh, a person of power. Mm. And so I didn't really know what to do being so young. So I decided to change jobs. Um, so I was looking online and I found a midwifery scholarship. And I thought, oh, I would love to in my future maybe do RFDS or something and Mm. just be duly qualified. I think that would be amazing. So I went for this interview and they told me there was only six places and I think they had 55 like serious applicants. And I thought, oh, God, I'm just going to keep applying. But I did the interview and I got it. And it ended up being a Masters of mid 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 Free Scholarship through St. John of God. And I was just like, whoa, I can't believe I got that. So, Yeah. yeah, so I ended up starting that. Which was um, unfortunately, I never got to finish it. I only got to do three quarters of the degree, which um, was really shit because I would yeah. have been duly qualified. Yeah, and it absolutely um, sucks because unfortunately, in those situations, you can't just go back and do
0: it at a later no. stage. If you if you you know, what do you call it? Forfeit the scholarship,
1: and you forfeit that you know degree.
0: Then the that's it, really. Yeah,
1: and I think and honestly, I had it was a very bad period of my life that that moment of me having to give up that scholarship. But I remember them saying that I think I actually had to put the money on my hex, like mm. whatever I had paid because it was a scholarship and obviously I was cancelling right. it. The money i had gone in actually think it was forced and put onto my hex, which yeah. was – super shit but obviously I didn't I didn't have a choice at the time yeah so I was um when you're doing midwifery you have oh my god how many people was it 10 you have, you've got 10 women that you've got to follow through their pregnancy and then their labor delivery and then postnatal period and that's a huge part of the degree is following mm. these these women on their journey so if you lose all that and which I had already gotten like so many of yeah and I'd already gotten all my births and stuff but you can't you can't start again like you have to keep it through so that's why yeah. I was like far out but Yeah, I had a really, like, horrible kind of uh, situation that happened and it's, you know, to do with a suicide attempt, not me. Um, It was just somebody very close to me um, and it actually fucked me up. Like, I didn't realise how um, horrific – suicide is like Mm. and sorry we'll we'll put a disclaimer at the front about this but I yeah I struggled I had to go to counseling it got to the point where I was hospitalized because I was like like internally I was actually so stressed and then as a woman like sometimes you bleed when you're stressed and I was Mm -hmm. bleeding so much like to the point where if no, like there's a lot of nurses that listen to this podcast, transimic acid is a medication that you use to kind of help, uh, stop bleeding. Right. So people have it post-surgery and a normal dose is like a gram, right? Yeah. I was on four grams a day to stop the bleeding mm. and no one could figure out what was going on. it wasn't until it happened again, another time in my life. And they go, do you have any stress in your life going on? And I was like, shit, this is one of my major stress responses mm. is bleeding. Like, and so I was on this, like, yeah, crazy dose of, um, of transdemic acid. And yeah, it took me to go like to counseling and stuff like that. And then I realized, I was like, I just have to give up this degree. I can't do it. Like I can't have no energy to give. God, that's rough. So rough. So, but then I look back and as much as I would have loved to have been a midwife, I wouldn't have been on the path I am now. And I was then jobless. So because I was employed as a student midwife Mm. and I had now quit, I had no job. Yeah. So I couldn't even work as a registered nurse because I wasn't employed as, in that capacity at that right. hospital. I was only a student midwife. Mm. So I had to find another job. And this is the same, another hustling moment again. Yeah. I applied for a recovery position and recovery, I had no skills in. Um, recovery is when you work in theater and you're doing airway management. Um, but it was something different that I really wanted to do, but I had no experience. Went to the interview and she called me and she's like, hey, I'm just letting you know that you didn't get the position. Mm. And I was like, Why? And she's like, because you don't have experience in the field, she's like, I'm really sorry. Like, you seemed like a great girl. And I just said, honestly, I was like, I promise to you I will be such a good worker. Like, like, is there any any opportunity at all that I can take from you guys? And she was like, oh, well, I do have this three-month potential contract you could do. Someone's going on on leave, on maternity leave. Would you maybe sign a three-month fixed contract? And there's no guarantee that I can extend it. No guarantee at all. And I was like, I'll take it. Mm. And I did that three month contract and of course I extended and I was there for two and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> And she, this was the exact same boss who, when I decided to be a travel nurse, she actually said to me, I want you to quit and I want you to be a travel nurse because mm. I think you're destined to be a travel nurse. And she's like, and I support you the whole way. And if it goes to shit, come back. <laughs> That's so awesome. So an amazing I had boss. to hustle again. Like, you yeah. know, but, I, but me being in that recovery um kind of environment i learned so many incredible skills and mm. the people i met were so amazing and they helped me through another big life challenge with my split with my yeah. ex so to be honest like even though i'd have loved to be in, in like you know mid, a midwife things happen for a reason mm-hmm, they sure do and that was a very shit period but yeah. it's, it sucks when i tell people and then i'm like oh yeah like i was three quarters through and they're like why didn't you finish and i'm like
0: <sighs> this
1: is a constant reminder yeah mm, i get Just that shit. but you yeah.
0: know yeah, shit happens Well, let's go into your love life. Let's go into you know the other you know other thing that caused you to have some bleeding. Um, Tell us about your love life. You obviously had a quite serious relationship. I don't even know how many years ago now—six years ago, seven years ago—I don't
1: know. Yeah, a while ago, you owned a house with someone, and it all went to shit. Yeah. Well, so my first boyfriend was that one when I was fourteen. That was nine months, and then another few years of being single. Then my high school boyfriend I was with from sixteen to nineteen, and he was actually like an incredible boyfriend. Like I honestly cannot fault him at all. I think it was just kind of like life differences yeah. and I just needed to be alone. And now that I reflect back, I think I just needed to be alone because I was just so stressed. Um, But he was absolutely wonderful. And then I was single until I was about 23 and that's when I got with my ex, mm. <laughs> the ex, the ex, yeah. bum, bum, bum. actually is an educational thing too. When I'd split with my high school boyfriend, I had started bleeding during sex. This is a little mm. education bit, right? And we didn't know what it was. And so this is before we broke up, but I had told my mum about it and I was like going to the doctor to check it out. And then, long story short, turns out that I had like um, cervical changes. Mm. Cervical? Always get confused. Yeah. yeah. I always say cervical or cervical. <laughs> I'm a nurse and a cervical 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 is your spine my hoo-ha everybody (laughs) um and so we had split and then I continued getting the test done and then they had said to me you need to have urgent surgery Mm. um they're like saying that my my cells had changed shape and this is I mean remember I was a student at this time I wasn't medical so I was just like what he's trying to write he was drawing me cells and he was like your cells are supposed to look like this but yours are like this so you know cancerous changes and I was like, oh. So I was booked in to have surgery and I had like uh, basically my, the way they described it was my cervix was burnt away. Yeah. So when you have that, you can't wear a tampon for three months, you can't have sex for three months. So I was like newly single and I'm like, oh. And you're like <laughs> passing scabs basically. Yeah, and yeah. I did. I, I literally had scabs on my pad. It was disgusting. Yeah. And the first guy I dated after that happened, like I had to tell him like, oh, by the way, yeah. I had surgery, but he was lovely. But anyway, <laughs> Anyway, just thought I'd just tell you, everyone get your get your screening done. It's very important. Yes, very important. A little um, side note to that. <laughs> little side note. I know because I tell people, and some people are like thirty and they've never even had a pap smear. And I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? It's like, bad. It's, it's so, so prevalent. Like, if I never did that at twenty, mm-hmm. I think it was twenty one at the time. Like, if I wasn't or nineteen, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, we haven't spoken about this on the podcast, but I saw a gynecologist recently, and we were speaking about some of the things that can stay around. And I have uh, don't quote me on this because I don't actually think it's uh, the exact number but obviously the more people you sleep with the more bacteria the more flora you know you have especially if you're not using protection the more flora that your vagina I guess has and has to learn how to deal with and apparently the it's based on that that the HPV or the HPV virus Mm -hmm. can grow or however it changes your cells right yeah and apparently there's like a significant time period like it's like three years or something for like Mm -hmm. your cells to cycle Oh, so like it's something, yes, with some like a significantly very long period that like anyone who you've basically slept within the last three years could have potentially done like created some sort of changes in your microflora to cause you to get HPV. Right,
1: is that what HPV is and how you get it? It's yeah, so strange. it
0: was it was just crazy. I was like, wow, that's a long to, a long period yeah. of time.
1: Because when you're getting a pap smear, I know they're checking for HPV as well mm. as as your cells. And I remember yeah. back then he was talking to me about my cells had changed shape, yeah. and I was like super confused. But it's then so also it's the HPV so common, thing. and that's why we get the HPV vaccine, I guess now because it yeah. reduces the
0: chances of ovarian cancer. But yeah.
1: I the whole thought, thing's crazy. I'm, I'm always about educating, so yeah. I sort of like chuck that into my dating life. Yep. <laughs> that one too. Um But, I, yeah, I met my ex-boyfriend when I was 23, and then um, I actually went to Europe still. This was three months before I went to Europe, and then I went to Europe for three months, and we still stayed together, and I was a faithful fucking girl because that's just what I'm like. Mm. Total regret, sorry, honestly, mm. after what he did to me. I fucking wish I went crazy in Europe. <laughs> I honestly do. If you're listening to this, and go wild. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, it came back, and we moved in straight away. So we'd already been apart for three months and I was going to go get my own place. And then he was like, what's the point about being apart when we've been apart for three months already? Right. Like we're going to see each other every night anyway. And I was like, true. So we moved in together pretty quick. Um, and then Love he, bombed you. yeah, <laughs> he, and he always had this desire of, of, buying a house or building a house he'd always talked about it and I was straight up like I don't want to do that yeah um but he couldn't do it alone so he went to the banks was getting rejected he was all sad he's like let's do it together Mm. and you know 23 24 year old me I loved playing sims so I was like fuck yeah let's build a house (laughs) and all my friends were building houses at the same time um so I just kind of fell into the what everyone else was doing and it was fun because we had dinner parties together and we're all talking about the stages of our houses and you know it was exciting and so that's why I kind of fell into the path of building a house with him and then he fucking cheated on me Mm. so four years together and I was you know he cheated I've told the story many times um when I was doing my little plank challenge and the little bubble popped up and it said like I can't believe you did that to Jess I was like Mm. uh what?
0: <laughs> yeah it's just it's something strange like no one can even know what it's like or anything to experience something like that unless you've you've had it mm. yourself until you see that 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 thing come up that message come up mm. and your stomach literally just like falls out of the end of your butthole it
1: just like yeah, it's out you described it perfectly yeah it's it's a weird feeling something yeah. in your stomach eh? and it's mm. like i it drops i dropped i was like what the fuck and it's like it's all of a sudden
0: like you question everything that ever came before that moment. You're like, have I just, what have I been doing? Have I been not looking at the signs? Mm. Like, is this actually real? And then even from that moment, even if like nothing ever happened again, it's just like this constant, fear that like oh, something's yeah. happening or something's happened
1: it totally rocked my world I did stay with him for a few more months but then yeah we ended up just ending and I just I walked out and I was really proud of myself mm. and I was still working in recovery at the time and it was it was really lovely I was I remember talking to um, one of my colleagues who was a lot older than me and he actually said he goes you know these last few months like I've been watching you and like you have just handled yourself with such grace and you've just done such an incredible job and I was oh. like so like oh thank you so much but everyone in that department helped me so much like I came to work and I'm normally quite bubbly um, and I rocked up to work and instantly um, one of my colleagues sent, like, sent something. And mm. when I'm – I was trying to distract myself. So I was trying to like fold napkins or not napkins, sorry, pads and stuff. <laughs> and I was just like trying to do that. And she came up and she goes, what happened? And she just goes, what did he do? Like no Mm. one knew that me and him were in trouble, and I just burst into tears, and I was just like, "He's cheated," and she was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, and then everyone just rallied together, and like, they were like, "You can't be in that house," and I was like, "Where else am I supposed to go?" Mm. And one of them actually had, um, her, um, daughters were living in like her investment property, which was near work, and she's like, "No," and she was one, she was Scottish, and she's just like so firm. She's Mm. like, "No." On Sunday, I'm coming to your house with my husband and my sons. I'm going to rent a Ute. We're going to put half of your shit into the we're taking it to the wow. house we're storing it and you're staying in that house for a couple of months until you figure out what you're doing and just told me like that was happening wow. like, just did the plan for me and I was like okay and then i like went home and i remember being like so sad because i had a dog with him and stuff and i remember being like all right this is the night this is my final night with my dog he's obviously out partying with mm. his friends or whatever and i got home the dog wasn't there and i was like where the fuck is he and he's like oh i dropped him off at mom's house because like i didn't know if you were going to be home and it was like my last night Aww. to be with my dog and i was fucking distraught like i had to like figure out what i was going to take in the house and like you know i didn't get to spend time with my dog and then the next morning they rocked up and I called my other best friends and they rocked up as well. And then I, before I knew it that night, I was in some other random person's house and I was just like sitting on the bed like, what the fuck? what What is my life? This is my new home now. Wow. But then another chick that I worked with, um, you know, I'm still so close with her to this day. She's like a mom to me Mm. and she had a granny flat and someone was moving out and she's like, I want you to move into the granny flat. And it was like my own like little safe environment that I got to then call home for a couple months while I was figuring out my next move. Which was travel nursing. Which Yes, (laughs) which was travel nursing. Yeah,
0: wow. It all starts with a heartbreak for both of us. It happened. For most people it happens that way. Mm. Oh, just that. But that whole
1: period. So when we'd split, I'd like moved house twice and then – Funny story. I had organized my high school reunion, and I forgot I did that. Like I mm. forgot I was in the process. I mean you're like, prom queen. I was fucking busy. Prom queen. <laughs> prom queen's <laughs> got to organize the party. <laughs> I actually can't believe I fucking organized <laughs> it. But um, I forgot about it, and then I was like, oh shit, yeah, I better pull through with this. So I just like called a venue, super easy, got discount drinks, and just told everyone, yeah, fucking rock up at six, whatever. Mm. Anyway, I rocked up, and I um, yeah, I ended up getting with somebody uh, that night. Um. <laughs> and he gave me herpes yeah and so yeah mic (laughs) fucking drop so I nearly single and nearly single moved house and then organized this big event for everybody and then did that whole thing I was actually dating someone at the time and we were just so on and off and I think obviously I was so newly single and he was Mm. newly single so we were just like so on and off all the time and that night he was actually supposed to pick me up and because I had gotten with the other guy, I was just like, nah. And apparently, he even rocked up to pick me up, and I wasn't there. Because oh, I imagine it's
0: like literally swinging doors right yeah. in front of your face.
1: Yeah, one door
0: was no herpes, and the other
1: door was herpes. I know, and he. I remember because I got to my house and he called me. He's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm at home. And he was like, I'm here picking you up. Like, why? He's like, how did you get home? And I was like, I went home with a friend. And I was just like, anyway, I'm going now. And I was like so mad at him. And then, um, yeah, obviously this guy I thought like I I kind of knew. So I didn't use protection stupid enough and um, kept sleeping with him. And then I ended up getting his diagnosis about a week later, which was Mm. Awful. Like it just, it fucking rocked my world again. I was yeah. like, what? Like, are you kidding me? I know. It's just one thing after another. You just cu- couldn't was. catch a break. Yeah, I was like a mess. And then I just sat there and I was just like going through like my period of like, oh my God, like my grief period. And then yeah. I just thought, nah, like, like what you were talking about, like sitting at the water, like, and you just like, I'm fucking done. Like, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and cry and be like, why me and blame people. Like, it was my fucking fault like, and then yeah. I just owned it and I just thought, you know, I need to be in charge of my next move and I thought, Perth, I think, is just done for me. Like, I'm just yeah. like, I've got nothing here. Like, I've got my beautiful friends and stuff but I need something for myself and so that's when I started doing my bucket list. Yeah. And I had some friends and they pulled me aside and they said, you're going through a really shit time right now. Um, Cause I'm, I was quite open about it. I told a lot of friends, like, I was just like, I got fucking herpes, man. What the fuck? Like my life's ruined. Mm. Um, and they were like, you need to distract yourself. So like, you know, um, read this book and this book totally inspired me. And I made this beautiful bucket list of like 92 items. And I was like, you know what? I'm single. Got fucking herpes, so I got time to myself now. I don't want to date anymore. Um, I'm going to devote my life to this bucket list, mm-hmm. and I, um, yeah, and I put it out there to the world because I, I made a website, and everyone was following it. And then I started doing travel nursing because one of my things was actually to be a travel nurse, and I was like, "Yep, that's the first one I'll tick off my list." And then it put me on this crazy, yeah, next adventure, this crazy journey to us, yeah, Good meeting. I know, wow, wild. It's so wild. So
0: talk us, talk us through, I guess, the herpes journey. We know that you're obviously quite comfortable talking about it now, yeah. um, but it obviously took you a long time to kind of get to this place where you were comfortable sharing it, comfortable sharing with people that you were, that were new partners, obviously even just attempting to sleep with a new partner is scary in itself. Having yeah. to disclose that or not disclose that for however people are doing it, but it still runs through your mind regardless of whether you're disclosing or not disclosing it. Yeah.
1: Tell us about about that kind of journey for you. Well, before I had gotten diagnosed, so that like I don't even remember if it was three or six months after my split. It might have been six months that I had gotten diagnosed. But um, I was really enjoying dating again, and mm. I was really enjoying like you know having sex and having one night stands, and like all my friends can literally vouch for me when I say this that I was always so good with protection. Like yeah. I was always a friend educating people. This is pre herpes Jess, right? Yeah, I was always educating people. I always had condoms in my wallet. Mm. I was always so safe. And so when I was newly single again, I was always very very safe, but um, I think going like into my like late twenties, I was actually like I just ex- like I don't know, experienced more sexually. Like mm. I don't know if I was just more confident or what it was, but I was just like whoa, and I was like loving sex. And then I got this horrible diagnosis, mm. and I thought, fuck, like I was loving my life and exploring and all this, and now I've got this fucking bombshell. So when I was doing my placement, I didn't want it to, like, stop me. I'd actually told the guy that I was previously dating. I said to him, look, I've just found out I've got herpes. Um, So he was like, okay, I'll go get tested. And I was like, well, you know, I've gotten it after you. We haven't slept together since Mm. I've gotten it. So I was like, maybe I had it before. Could it be a flare-up? But, like, I'm pretty sure I've just gotten it now. But he ended up getting um, tested. um, And it was really nice because I was leaving. He actually took me out for dinner and stuff. And then he, like... When we said bye to each other, we actually slept with each other Mm. with protection, of course. But I was like, oh, like this guy, I've just told him that I've got herpes and he totally accepted me. So I think my very first experience was really positive. And I'm so grateful Mm. that he was just like, so like, like that. He didn't have to sleep with me, but he was just so like, like, let me talk about it. And like all this stuff, even though we'd both admitted like, yeah, we're both sleeping with other people and that's why we're so on and off. So I think that was, like, a really nice, like, way for me to, like, accept it a little bit. But when I was travel nursing, um, I was, like, online dating and then, like, I would go on a date and then I just thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to practice the conversation because I'm only going to be here for a few months mm. and, like, they don't know me. So if he rejects me, then fucking I'm just going to go. So who yeah. cares? So that's what actually really helped me do that. So I would, like, have the conversation. And then the more conversations I had with guys, like, they were all so positive. Mm. Like And even to this day, I've actually never had, like, a negative reaction not a negative reaction there's obviously been people that have said no, i'm not comfortable with yeah. it
0: or like oh let me think on it a bit and you might not yeah. hear from them again but not anything like, i've never had anyone yeah. be like
1: ew like you're disgusting like oh you must be a slut but it, or- it's the instant
0: thing you think of when you get it is that people yeah. are going to think that of you and yeah. like exactly like you said you've been extremely strict with protection your whole entire life yeah um You could, you could literally have never slept with anyone in your entire life and you sleep with one person one time. It's just one time and you can get something that's with you for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean you're a slut. And if you are, if you want to sleep around, good for you. That's your choice. But if you ever, you could just have sex one time and get it. It doesn't change who you are as a person. It doesn't like, it doesn't tell anyone who you're sleeping with in the future what type of person you are sexually at all. I know. It's so much stigma around this one thing that like, It's the same as getting any other virus. It's just it happens to be in your genitals and yet stays with you forever and it sucks but like it's not the end of the world and it shouldn't be something that, you know, stops people from being sexual and being themselves and enjoying sex like you do. So you've obviously come to such a good place now. You still obviously very much enjoy sex. You very much enjoy relationships and having those sexual connections with people. How did you get to that place apart from, I guess, like having that conversation over and over again? How have you kind of felt like that journey's taken you to now being able to comfortably talk about it?
1: Well, so I started like doing, like I said, like going on dates and like telling them, but honestly, the lead up to telling them was Mm fucking horrendous yeah. like I felt sick like nauseous like, I was just like it sweaty palms like it was the most scariest thing I've mm. ever ever done it's putting your deepest darkest secret out there like oh, it's yeah. for anyone it's like telling someone something that no one knows about you it's always yeah. scary no I, matter I what it is I felt like I wasn't even allowed I was like oh my god like if they go to hold my hand like I would freak out because I'm like mm. I haven't told them I've got herpes yet like yeah. what if like oh, I'm not gonna give them herpes in my hand or anything it's <laughs> not that I thought I was gonna give it to them but I was so scared I was just terrified of getting to that moment where you're like in bed with each other and you have to say it. So like, you know, and if they kissed me or they hugged me, like I would be super like, not frigid, but I would be like, (gasps) and I would feel like such a wall was up. And then as soon as I tell a guy and they're accepting of it, oh my God, I'm so relaxed and I'm fine. So talking to guys and telling them was a great one, um, like a great first step, but also telling like friends Mm. and then also telling people that like I've just met. So when I started my contract in, um, in Gr- Griffith, New South Wales, actually, um, Nikita, that we just interviewed actually, um, we were having dinner together and we just met and I decided to just tell her. Mm. You know, she was a midwife and I just said, yeah, like this is what happened. This is why I'm a travel nurse. I just got herpes and she's like, oh, yeah, and she she was totally fine with it and I thought, mm. oh, okay, someone I've never met is totally fine with it and then I started being more and more open in like a social setting. So even got to the point where even at parties and stuff because I was so used to being alone being a travel nurse I just like got this confidence because I just kept saying it over and over again. And even in party situations where there's no love interest there for me, but I just wanted a, like a time to educate, mm. it would be like those games when they talk about, like, I don't know, they'll bring up herpes or something. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I've got herpes. Mm. And they were just like, what?
0: And yeah. I was like,
1: yeah. And no one ever was like, ew. They were just like, oh,
0: really? I think it's because they're shocked as well. They're shocked that – you know, this, and this is a horrible thing to say as well. Some shock that someone like typically normal looking that's beautiful and like enjoys sex oh, and loves beautiful. her life has herpes because they don't they, they think of like the person that's the ugliest person in their mind is yeah. a person who has herpes yeah. not someone that they could potentially sleep with or be interested in or be friends with yeah it's such like a comp it's just a total misconception yeah.
1: and people like so they'll say like a joke
0: like yes. in front of me and, and it, it happened to us before i've been there with you and yeah. and you've been like oh like we probably shouldn't say that because there's someone in the room that has it and they'll be like what are you talking about yeah we work yeah. together eh? and they yeah. cracked some kind of herpes joke they
1: are yeah. like oh at least you don't have herpes or something
0: and just just was kind of like
1: well, I was I like, mean, I actually, do have herpes, mate? Yeah. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah. And then they were like, fucking apologetic. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh my god, that the way I just said that was so disrespectful. I'm mm. so fucking sorry. And I was like, yeah. it's fine. I was like, I'm totally happy to talk about it. Like, yeah, but just don't do it again. Like, yeah, like know. don't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, and it definitely hurts when people crack jokes like that because they do, and I guess they're always referring to cold sores on the face and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, oh, don't touch the glass; it could have herpes, or you know,
0: yeah. And it's like it's just no education. None of us grew yeah. up with a good sex education. I mean, hopefully now the kids of today will have that education. But herpes one and herpes two, and herpes on your lip and herpes on your vulva or your penis is completely different. Yeah, completely different. And yes, they can both be transmitted to each other, and you can they're spread in I guess similar ways, but they're completely different. And people don't even think like, no, I think it's like 80% of the population or some ridiculously high percentage have cold sores or have at yeah. least had one in their lifetime. Yeah. And it actually gets spread from mostly from childbirth and from children because, you know, you, you, you get all these kisses when you're a kid and yeah. that person might have a cold sore coming up and then that, that person just ends, ends up getting herpes as cold sores for the rest of their life and they don't think anything of it. And they would yeah. never, ever disclose to someone and be like, I have herpes before we sleep together. Let me tell you I have herpes. Not not a single person. You've spoken to so many of your friends that have had cold sores and you're like, you actually have herpes. And they're like, no, I don't. Like, yes, you do. It's exactly the
1: same. And a lot of people do oral these days, right? Oh, yeah. I guarantee you no one that I know gives oral with a fucking condom on. Like like they don't, right? And And especially for women. Like you're not going to go down on a woman and use a, what is a dental dam? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Like, you know, and also it just feels shit. So like people (laughs) don't do that. Like they don't do it and they don't realize that, you know, if you have herpes on your face and you've kissed a guy and then that guy grows down on you, yeah, you can get herpes. Like there's Mm. so many risks. Any guy that you let or any girl that you let grow down on you, you're at risk of getting herpes in your genitals. Like, and that's just a fact, yeah. but you're still going to let them do it, right? Cause you yeah. want, you want head.
0: Your risk of any, your risk of pregnancy too, as soon as you get like, there's more risk of pregnancy yeah. than getting bloody
1: herpes. Exactly. So yeah, I just like, just practice the convo and I've had really good convos. I've had really shitty convos. Yeah. Um, but majority of people, like no one has ever acted mean towards me. And that's what I kind of realized with mm. talking so openly about it. And every time I spoke about it, it was like, it's actually a positive experience because it made me feel better and then also it made me be aware that like I'm allowed to be sexual and like it's it's yeah. increased my confidence because I started off, you know, mending my broken heart and actually being like, I can be single. And like they do say when you're in your late 20s, early 30s, you know, that our kind of bodies change and like mm. women actually do have the best sex of their lives. Yeah. And I can guarantee like I actually have been having the best sex <laughs> of my life and I didn't want that stopping me during this period of my life when I can be single and free and have sex and do whatever I want. So I just was like, no, I'm just going to fucking tell people. And Yeah. That's just why I do it. And that's why I decided to talk about it so openly on this platform, because I was just like, And since I have actually, I've had so many people reach out to me and it's like, you know, and and I love it and I just love normalizing it because I can talk to people and they can go, like I did it at a party one time and then this chick came up to me and she's like, oh, my God, I've got it too. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, I haven't told anyone in the last two years and I haven't had sex in the last two years Mm. because I'm so terrified. And I got to talk to her. I got to tell her about some groups that I'm on. I got to plug her into the system. And now she's like out there living her best fucking single life, having sex and enjoying it and more accepting. I have literally told like – in a space of like, I don't know, say like 50 people, mm. I reckon I've had like nearly 25 to 30 of them actually say, I've got herpes too, whether it's one it's or so two. It's so common. I remember we so went to a party common. one time and I was the guy I was dating, like he was very, um, you know, he was fine that I had it because I told him and it, we had like maybe 10 people at my house for drinks. We're all going out and I brought up herpes and I said, how funny is this? There's 10 of us in this room and seven of us have herpes. Mm. and i didn't like you know obviously it's up to the person to to talk about it Mm. but like they all kind of looked and they were like i'm the one with herpes and they're like oh my god who else has it and they're like what do you mean seven people in this room and i was like you guys are all different friends from Mm. all different areas but you guys have all told me and how crazy is it seven out of ten of us in this room having pre-drinks to go out tonight have herpes and don't talk about it yeah And then obviously that created a space where they were so Mm. comfortable talking about it. And then they were like, whoa. And another girlfriend that like I've told, like she she's like doing all this tantra stuff with me and we're going to workshops together Mm. and stuff. And she's now so much more open and is like, you know, thank you so much for, you know, being so normal. I think I went, I met her at the gym. Yeah. And then literally we're having dinner together and I told her, I'm like, oh, I got herpes. And she was like didn't say anything mm. and then the next day she was like I didn't want to say anything but like I actually have herpes and I've never told anybody yeah
0: and I was like, it's just so sad it's so it's so sad that people are living with so much shame around so having something much. that's one so common and two you're gonna have for the rest of your life and you actually can't change any of anything about it it's just so it's so sad like yeah. shame is such a horrible feeling for anyone to feel it's horrible and, and like
1: it, the actual herpes itself I get it's fucking
0: fine like like the first it one's horrendous me. and it's horrible but then like you don't even notice it if anything it makes you more aware and more like you know insightful into yourself to be like oh actually i'm getting a bit run down i probably should look after myself because i don't want to have an outbreak you're yeah. just
1: more in tune with yourself i say you know, that to you all the time yeah i go oh fuck zana i got a little herpy yeah i was like it's because i've been partying i've been eating bad i'm not sleeping i'm overworking yeah. it makes
0: you more in tune with your body you know mm-hmm. what your body's doing and when your body's doing it mm-hmm And that's, if anything, that's a good thing. And I mean, obviously having herpes, nobody wants it. And if in a different universe, of course, you'd say you you didn't want it, but it's given you this platform to be able to share this journey and make other people feel comfortable. It's the same as my journey. And I feel like I'm like the fact that I can even change one person's life and make them feel more comfortable about their sexuality or anything like that, it it makes it all worth it. Oh, yeah. And sometimes like, I don't know if if you feel like this, but sometimes it can feel like a bit of a blessing that you actually got this. I actually diagnosis. I do I because do it gives you a blessing. purpose
1: to change other people's lives, yeah, which is amazing yeah, because if I didn't get it, I probably wouldn't have I wouldn't have started my bucket list yeah and I wouldn't have like had all this amazing support, yeah you know in Perth and I wouldn't have like done travel nursing and I wouldn't have like I, there's so much that I'm actually thankful for that I yeah. have herpes. Like yeah. honestly like i I wouldn't even take it back. I yeah. wouldn't because it doesn't actually bother my life. Like, mm. it really doesn't bother my life. Yes, I have to talk about it with guys. But to me, if I'm going to tell a guy that I have it and I want to see a future in, like, I see a future with him and he's like, oh, nah, like, he's not the right yeah. guy for me. How are we going to get through any exactly. life battles together? Just yeah. because I have herpes. Like, what if he gets some other weird virus that like yeah. sticks with him for the rest of his life? Exactly. could get anything. I'm just like, dude, mine's like totally fine. So yeah. if you're going to not accept me for that, we are definitely not compatible. It's like, just ridiculous. So it just yeah. it filters them out. But mm. like honestly, good success rate. When Guys, or women, um, you know, are so, res- like they're so, what's the word, like they're respected. Like they, mm. they, they always say to me, thank you so much, mm. like for giving me such respect for like, actually letting me have the decision they're like i they always say that they go i respect you so much more yeah because you did that and Mm. i was like oh there we go yeah well there you go and they always say that they're like Mm. thank you but then there are people that are very like not like not well educated yeah, I mean,
0: hopefully, slowly we can start changing that. I mean, yeah. I'm passionate about that too. Changing sex education, I think, is so important because my sex sex education at school was absolutely appalling. And if I could change any of that, I would. Because we need to teach them all. Everyone needs to just know that everything's okay. Uh, it's all okay. It's life, and we're just gonna roll the like ride the roller coaster. It's gonna go up. You can go down. You might get herpes. You might not. You might yeah. get break up. You might bleed out your vagina and it's a little extra because you got a bit more stress. You know, you never know. Never know. You never know. Yeah, I can't believe I had taught but, like that. My bad. <laughs> but we've got to keep keeping on. We've got to keep soldiering on, everybody, because it's life, and you just got to enjoy it all. Yep. You know. <laughs> thanks, Jess, for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have thanks. any parting wisdom for our listeners? Um
1: I, I mean, I wish I could think of some like epic quote to end this. Uh yeah, no. Just live it. Do you have it? Live it, love it. Do I have a saying that I always say? She'll be right. <laughs> she'll be right? I do say that a lot. You do? She'll be right. Yeah,
0: she'll be right. That's <laughs> a good one to end it on. She'll be right. All right. Well, thanks, Jeff, for joining us. Thanks, guys. And we're sending love, life, 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 love, love, to you always. Boys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>